In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It's certainly not the day we had planned. Back in March, when I accepted the call to serve as rector of St. Luke's Parish in Darien, Connecticut, I knew that I had to pick a date for this, for a last Sunday with you, the people of St. James, whom I love and with whom I have served these past 10 years. Nobody ever really wants to have a last Sunday, but that's how it works. And so I picked this day, Trinity Sunday, one of my favorites in all the church year. I picked it because I love it. The readings, the hymns, the soaring to dams, the peons of praise to our God, mysteriously three and yet one. We picked the date, and then the world turned upside down. First came COVID, of course. Never could I have imagined in March that I would leave before seeing you one more time here in this church that we love, this church where I was ordained a priest and where Dan and I were married. I can hardly believe that you're not here now or that we're going to say goodbye over coffee hour on Zoom. But here we are, continuing to keep our distance as an act of love for those most vulnerable among us. COVID, of course, came as something of a surprise. I wish we could say the same about the killing of George Floyd. We hope and we pray that this might yet be the moment when our nation cries out enough, but we've been here before, way too often before. Time and time again in these last 10 years, I have added to our prayers the name of some black woman or man who died needlessly and shamefully at the hands of law enforcement. We know there are plenty of good cops working hard each day to keep us safe, but as a nation, we have seen again and again and again the realities of police brutality and implicit bias and systemic racism and just straight up old fashioned racism. And we just kept going, but not now. The president may want to, quote, dominate the streets, violently clearing away peaceful protesters so he can have a photo op in front of a church he rarely attends. The police may be out. The curfews may be in place. Bad actors and looters may still try to ruin it, but it's not working. The streets are still filling with peaceful protesters, speaking the truth in love and calling for change. Just yesterday, Dan and I were able to join tens of thousands of peaceful protesters streaming over the Brooklyn Bridge. It stretched for miles. Who could have imagined that we would gather to say goodbye, not only in the midst of a global pandemic that requires our physical distance, but also in the midst of a moral crisis that reveals our divisions as a nation and calls us to holy work as repairers of the breach, as restorers of streets to live in. It's a Trinity Sunday unlike any that I can recall. Maybe it's because I could hear little else but the sound of police helicopters as I wrote this sermon. But it can sometimes feel 
like the world that we know and love is swirling out of control. Sometimes my own mix of hope and fear and sadness and anger at the way we have made this world leaves me feeling a little disoriented too. I think of those famous words of the Irish poet, William Butler Yeats, turning and turning in the widening gyre, the falcon cannot hear the falconer, things fall apart, the center cannot hold. This is, I think, where many of us find ourselves on this Trinity Sunday, caught up in the swirl, feeling a little dizzy, and wondering, wondering where it all leads. Those first disciples, that ragtag band of Jesus' friends and followers must have felt the same, felt their heads spinning too. After all, nothing had turned out the way that they had hoped or planned. When they dropped everything to follow Jesus, they no doubt hoped for a word of truth or a glimpse of glory. Jesus had warned them, but they could not hear. He had told them where this way of love and truth might leave, but they could not imagine it, not, not until they were there themselves, in the garden with the soldiers, by the fire denying that they knew him, huddled in fear behind locked doors, fearful that the violence of the state might extend to include them too. And it's not like their sense of disorientation immediately went away three days later when word came from the women that he was alive. How could it be? What could it mean? And yet there he was, in the flesh, Jesus himself. We're told when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted, which actually seems pretty understandable given everything that they had encountered. And now Jesus speaks to them just before his departure, his ascension to the Father. He knows that their heads are spinning. He knows that they're still confused, still uncertain, still scared. And so he reminds them of the truth that stands at the heart of it all. I will be with you always, even to the end of the ages. He had come from the heart of God as Emmanuel, God with us, God for us. And here at the end, he promises that will never change. It is the very bedrock of our faith, the promise that stands at the heart of it all. By the power of the Spirit, we know that Jesus, the one who makes the Father's heart known, is with us always. Amidst the changes and chances of life, even when the world may seem to swirl out of control, Jesus is with us, always. The calm at the center of the storm, the still point at the center of it all. And I know that for many of us, our faith is also that, a still point, an anchor, the thing that does not change amidst all the changes and chances of life, and thank God for that. But today is Trinity Sunday, and that means that we are also called to celebrate the dynamism that is at the heart of God. Our God is not a static, 
unchanging monolith. Our God is a dynamic, swirling trinity. Not a whirlwind of chaos and confusion, but a dance of creativity, life, and joy. In fact, one of the images the early church mothers and fathers used to describe the Trinity was actually just that, a dance. They pictured God as an eternal relationship of dynamic, mutual love, where the three persons of the Trinity are bound together in one loving embrace, moving together with one heart to one rhythm in a dance of joy that expands to include us, you and me. Creation itself emanates from that dance, and the story of the scriptures is the story of God calling us in all of our brokenness again and again and again into covenant, into relationship, so that the whole human family, and indeed creation itself, might be reconciled, restored, brought together, swept up in that eternal dance of love that is God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Standing on that mountain in Galilee, just before his own departure, Jesus shows his friends the way in, the way to join the dance. He calls them to worship him, to be disciples who make disciples, remembering all that he had done for them and obeying all that he had commanded them. And then to go back out, back into the rest of their lives, back into the rest of the world, to turn it upside down for love's sake, by living and loving like him. And my friends, that is the way into the dance still. Learning in our worship, to delight in God and to experience God's delight for us and God's care for us all, growing as disciples and striving to allow our lives to look more and more like his, and then allowing the dance to twirl us back out into the messy, swirling world to proclaim and enact the gospel. The point of faith isn't to find simply refuge amidst the storm, and it's definitely not to hide in the bunker of our churches with doors locked and fences up and the lights low. It's to join the dance. It's to allow Jesus' way of love to change us and to guide us as we walk through the whirlwind of life together. It's to learn to speak the truth like he did and to stand in solidarity those with those the world would forget just like he did. It's to say Black Lives Matter and to keep alive the names of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and countless others. Walking in Jesus' way is to learn to be brave like he was and compassionate like he was and generous and tender and forgiving and welcoming of the stranger and the sinner just like he was It's to walk through life confident that nothing ever offered in love is ever wasted. For 10 years, it's been my great privilege and joy to share that work and that life, that dance with you. We'll be here all day if I start telling stories 
and I'll start crying if I start naming names. So I will leave it with a simple thank you for all that you have shown me and taught me about the love of Jesus. Dan and I love you from the bottom of, my, of our hearts and we'll miss you. So let me leave you with this promise. The world may swirl. It does swirl. But our God is at work, seeking to heal and restore and make whole that which we have broken. The world may swirl, but our God is at work. As the old hymn would have it, the dance goes on. So let's not hold back. Let's lose ourselves. Let's catch the rhythm and learn the moves and proclaim the gospel in all that we say and all that we do. And never forget, never, ever forget that the Lord of the dance, our Lord Jesus Christ, is with us always, even to the end of the age. Amen.